I stepped briskly up the familiar brae from St. Andrew's Harbour, unencumbered by books. All I required were the documents and writing materials in my satchel. The ruined cathedral was more skeletal, the wind still piercing as an awl. Fish, salt and midden, a soul-stirring tonic. I ascended past the drying green, glanced out of habit, but no fishwives there today. Just a lad moodily mending lobster creels, two doors along from where she used to bide afore her marriage. I hurried on. The bunting was up for the king's visit. The castle works looked near complete, with a new tower and grand entrance across the drawbrick. The window through which Archbishop Beaton had once dangled by his ankle in a bloody nightgown had been clear-glassed. All was trig and sprush. The banner snapped in the wind. My old friend stood waiting on the sets, hard by George Wishart's fire-scarred blot. Same long, thin beak, dark eyes staring intently below wild hair. A man composed of angles, leaning on his staff, today in his best gear. Salve, Amici. Salve yourself, I replied. I'm done with grammar. We clasped hands, glanced at each other, checking. It had been the best part of a year. Perhaps we now sailed in different directions, in time to disappear from each other over the horizon. A vernacular, then, Nicholson said in that jerky way of his. Mother has asked you for your tea after. Gladly. Aye, I liked your mother. She still bears a queer fondness for you. John Geddes, our patron for the afternoon playing, beckoned from under the archway. Behind him stood George Buchanan, his patron in turn. I briefly visioned all of us as pendant from another, from beggar to earl, all the way up to Jamie Saxt, who dangled from God's thumbs, yet was perhaps helpless as any. As we set foot on the drawbrick, Nicholson muttered, Rose asks after you, but she'll no be there. She's busy with the bairn. That ship had long sailed, just a topmost flag on the horizon, still fluttering.